0: We got all of this press we were not expecting at all like the guardian put us in the top 15 uh, bookstores of the world and we were like what that's miranda bressman and this is the powerful
1: ladies podcast hey guys i'm your host cara duffy and this is the powerful ladies podcast where I invite my favorite humans, the awesome, the up to something, and the extraordinary to come and share their story. I hope that you'll be left entertained, inspired, and moved to take action towards living your most powerful life. Miranda Brestman is a secret multi-preneur. While working demanding corporate jobs and action sports by day, she's also been launching businesses with her husband and business partners. She owns a comic book store in LA, two rental properties, created and released a hilarious card game and is now plotting her next great new business. Now that she's switched from corporate employee to being a consultant with her extra flexibility and time, I can only imagine what else she'll create now. On this episode, we talk through her tough childhood, how her gang of girlfriends is serious business and what it's like to be discovering just how truly great her husband is after 20 years, multiple businesses and an incredible daughter together. All that and so much more coming up but first. If you're interested in discovering what possibilities and businesses are available for you to create and to live your most fulfilling life, please visit thepowerfulladies.com forward slash coaching and sign up for a free coaching consultation with me. There is no reason to wait another day to not be living your best life when you instead could be running at full speed towards your wildest dreams today. Well, welcome to the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Awesome. I'm excited to be here. Me too. Finally. We finally got you.
0: I know. Finally.
1: Well, let's start. Let's tell everyone who you are and
0: what you're up to. My name is Miranda, and um, what do you want to know about who I am? That's kind of a big question. Well, we'll get into <laughs> a lot
1: of that, but maybe we just say, okay. um, like, what do you do right now and what are you creating right now?
0: So right now, I'm doing quite a bit of things. Uh, we have, we being my husband and myself, we have some vacation rentals that we've been running for coming up on three years. That, during the quarantine, that has become kind of our main source of income, Mm -hmm. even though people aren't supposed to be traveling, they are. Uh, In addition to that, we also have a game, a card game called the Florida Man Card Game that was my husband's brainchild. And um, along with our business partners, we created a card game that is awesome. Um and in addition to that, we have comic book stores. And I think that's all. I'm also doing project management work, um, contracting. Mm-hmm. So kind of a lot right now, and homeschooling my daughter. <laughs> Just a few things. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Not much. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we met when we were both working at DC, which then became mm-hmm. tri-branded Quicksilver Roxy DC. Um, how did you get into the action sports skate world?
0: Wow, um, purely by accident. I mean, I had friends when I was in high school that were skateboarders. That was like mainly kind of the crew that I hung out with. Mm-hmm. But um, when I was in college, like junior college, kind of jumping around, I it was it was a part time job that I found because I was so broke, and I worked in the warehouse folding t-shirts for a local uh, skate company and that's how I started and then I just kept going from there and eventually I started making so much money because I moved up in that company to like front office work and then sales and had commission. I just kind of stopped going to school after a few years and I stayed in the industry for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Yes. And as I pointed
1: out on the Thrive Collective, our powerful ladies, awesome online community,
0: that mm-hmm. you also were a model for Skateboarding worlds. Yes. For, so at that same company, my mm-hmm. first job in skateboarding, um, there's this woman, her name's Kiva, and she had a girl's collection of clothing. Um, and it had a very little niche following of like the skateboard girl and, you know, shot all of our own ads. We would have, or we, she would have um fashion shows at trade shows like the ASR show. So it was mainly just, you know, friends doing it for free. And she was part of my work family. So I was in, you know, a couple of photo shoots and a couple of uh, um modeling little shows. But yeah, it was fun. It's part of the job. And yeah, I think it's
1: like... <laughs> Who, I mean, it's not, not every woman gets to say like, oh yeah, I used to be a model.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Not a, not a big time model, but yeah, it was, it was definitely fun. Yeah. Like, you know, early twenties modeling.
1: Yeah. So how did you go from folding t-shirts and modeling to spreadsheets and cost analysis, (laughs) (laughs) which is where we spent a lot of time together?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, wow. Just, I think it was just part of, Growing up mm-hmm. really and um, finding what really I was comfortable in doing and not what was just um, like given to me as an opportunity. Because, uh, you know, my first opportunity from folding t shirts was to do sales. And um, that's not something that I would go into because I'm very introverted and I don't like. I don't have the kind of personality where I'm trying to like sell things. So it really was not Mm -hmm. something that I would do, but I made good money at it. Um, And I, it was mostly because of the relationships I built, not because I was a good salesperson. (laughs) And from there, um, I was given, I've been really lucky, really fortunate. I've been given a lot of different opportunities to try things that um, I didn't have any experience in, like designing. Mm Mm-hmm. I was a footwear designer for about four or five years, and I really liked the creative part of that, but um, it's, like, not something that comes naturally or is easy. Like, it took me five times as long to come up with the same kind of design that my colleagues were doing. So, after a while, I was like, this is too hard, and I moved into development, which I found I fit in a lot better. In that field, because I was, I like to fix things Mm -hmm. and to be a little bit more analytical. Um, I do have a creative side, but for me, that just was a lot easier. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where I landed and I was like, yeah, I like this. This works a lot better for me.
1: Well, and for people who don't know a developer in footwear, you're the liaison between the designer and the manufacturer. So you, yep. there is a lot of creative work because, of course, you're making sure that all of the specs and information get passed off the right way back and forth. But you're also the on-the-ground person, problem-solving engineer work you mm-hmm. know, with the factory or with the designer or just with whoever the team is. Um, it's, it's a job that no one knows about really outside of the industry, which is actually a really right. cool job. And I think if more people knew it existed, they would want to pursue that path. Um, yeah. What did you like
0: about it? I, you're right that nobody really knows about this job and you also, you mean you can't go to school for it right now. So it's just all about, you know, the experience and being in design helped me bridge that, um, new career path because they do work together hand in hand. Um, But what I, what I really liked about it, besides all the analytical stuff, I really like working with teams and making things come together. Mm -hmm. Um, So I liked the, uh, you know, the project management kind of part of it, not, I wouldn't say the technical part is was my favorite part. I did enjoy that, but I really like it. you know, working with it, the people, working with teams, making working together to make a project come to life, and being that middleman. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> sort it, of hub of information. It's yeah. fun. Yeah, like
1: there's there's um I never felt working in footwear that there was a problem that we couldn't figure out. Yeah, and there's something rewarding about that, and and just knowing that together we would we would get to where we needed to go. Um, I also think the other part that people have no idea is happening if they're not in the industry is all the shenanigans that exist like when your work isn't is complete like unless someone's been to Asia for work in footwear or apparel they don't know what it's like to like, why aren't you sleeping? Well, because we're going to dinner with every factory and every vendor and they're forcing us to drink and yeah, they just want us to, like, they just enjoy hanging out with us and want to have a good time. And like, you don't really sleep when you go, even if you really want to, like, it's hard. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, it is. You work for, your work day is, I don't know, 12, 13 hours. And then You're like, okay, I just want to go back to my hotel and take a shower real quick. Nope, no. We're going to go straight to dinner. Mm -hmm. It's a two-hour drive in the opposite direction of your hotel. And then we're going to have this amazing meal, 15 courses. Yeah. Lots of whatever the drink is on the table. And then we're going to go do karaoke. Yeah. (laughs) And then the van is going to pick you up at 7 a.m. to do it again. And you're like, oh, my God.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's really hard to to like like – Fe- you have that mix of like being privileged that you're there and have this opportunity and just wishing you could have like a normal day where you got to like do your work and feel complete and sleep yes I know but it's some of my favorite memories like I'm just thinking about even the photos I have of you and I in <laughs> Asia between like karaoke and when we crashed that wedding at that restaurant yeah and it like it's just it's good memories and it's it's obviously a really fast way to bond with your team and the factory workers too
0: yeah, it is it's really good bonding and they work so hard. This it's like for them they don't get to do that sort of thing. Right. So when you come and visit, they're like finally I get to celebrate all my hard work and they just go crazy. Yeah. But yeah. It's good. Those people are I miss those people the most.
1: Yeah, I was going through all the, the business cards I have from like each job. They're like they were organized. I've been like going through them all lately as my paper purge in my house and there's so many people I was like, Oh, I forgot about him. He's awesome. Or her. And mm-hmm. they, it is like the level of work. I mean, their normal day is or work week is six days a week yeah, and 12 to 15 hours a day. Yeah. And half of them live in a dorm. They don't see their family and they're doing this to kick butt and, and make our projects come to life and it's like, wow, like, it's, it's really impressive, not only their diligence with, in their work ethic, but how passionate they get about making sure the crazy, weird things
0: that we're excited about actually can happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're amazing. Like, I, I don't know that I could do that. No. But some of them, their families don't even live in the same country. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. And it's not like Super they're dedicated.
1: Yeah, and they're not getting like vacation to go back and forth or things like that. So
0: no, or even a weekend ever.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and and for and it's like they're excited, like they have a great job and they love what they do. So I don't want to paint this picture that it's um a forced labor scenario, but
0: no, yeah.
1: It's it's just a totally different expectation of what it looks like to have a great
0: career than we have here. Yeah. They have like so much pride in their work. Mm-hmm. So much.
1: Um, what are you most proud of from all your years in, in footwear?
0: Oh my goodness. Um, I would say the thing that I'm most proud of is like my most recent experience, which was working. I came, I started focusing on one brand in specific and, or in particular, and, um, the team was just like, oil and water and toxic and really like within the company that we worked at it was the one brand where you're like please don't make me work with that brand they're crazy and of course i get <laughs> assigned to work with that brand and i'm like Duh, fine and um by the time like i had left the company that brand was the brand that everyone wanted to work for because they were like family mm-hmm. everybody just like loved each other, got along. And um, I, even though I don't like to take credit or give myself credit when it's due, I I should because I, I came in and I kind of changed everything that was going on with mm-hmm. that team and made them come together. And it was just awesome. And, um, you know, being, also being a mentor to some of the people that were on, that reported to me, and seeing, like, seeing them grow and just how happy they were and what they were doing was, for me, that was, like, my greatest accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Nope. Yeah. For sure. And because it was, like, a great op- – it was
1: one of those opportunities where you had – you were responsible for the team. Yeah. Right? Because you were in so many other positions that were important but had minimal team. Right? Like, mm-hmm. and And I, I feel like you and I were in similar – uh, placements at that company where we kept getting put where like people maybe didn't want to be or like we don't know how to fix this like you go do it and you'd be like fine only because I like yeah. you <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> and, and so like I like if, if you did a chart of where our path took us it would be like such a crazy zigzag loop and like it would make no sense yeah. there was no linear sense to where we were we were going Um yeah But I think you should give yourself credit because it's not, it really shows how flexible and resourceful and creative and just business minded you are that, that you could fit in all those places.
0: Yeah, it was, um, for how just, uh, that company ended up being, it really did give me a lot of different opportunities. Um. Like you were saying, I jumped around a lot and I I did some things that I really didn't want to do, but it turned out to be a good experience. And um, yeah, so overall, that 10 years of my life um, was worth it for sure. Mm -hmm. I met some really good people. I did some really good things. Um, I did some things I didn't want to do, but it was good. Mm -hmm.
1: And the whole time that you were kicking butt those 10 years, you always had side businesses happening.
0: Yes, um, they. The first thing that we started doing um, was that we opened a comic book store. Um, I want to say this this year is a fifteen year anniversary. Congratulations! The store. Thank you. It's called the Secret Headquarters. It's in um, Silver Lake, L.A. And it was mainly. Um, my husband was like in the comics and, um, he hated going to comic book stores, hated it. Cause he's like, oh, they, they don't take any pride in anything. Like I hate walking in here. I just want to be able to go somewhere that I like. So he wasn't even really thinking about like the consumer and mm-hmm. what they would like. He was thinking about what he wanted to do. And, um, his good friend moved out here from Florida (laughs) and um, we became business partners with him and his wife. They weren't married at the time, but um, they wanted to do something together. So he was coming out here. His name is Dave and my husband's name is David. So the Daves. And he's like, I don't want to just get a job. Like I want to do something. And David was like, "Me too. Me too. I want to do something. I want to open some sort of store." And they are skateboarders, so they're like, "Let's open a skate shop." And David's like, "Hell no. Like no, we're not doing a skate shop." And they both read comics. So, anyways, they made it come to life, and um, it still has been going for 15 years. And it's you know, at the time, there was not another comic book store like it. It the aesthetic was very much like cigar shop, like take pride in those books mm-hmm. and it's not a joke, you know. Yep. There aren't posters everywhere, like this is a nice curated store. Um, we got a little bit of negative, like, oh, you guys are snob <laughs> Be- because of the way that it looked. Yeah. But but the positive like farly outweighed that kind of criticism. And like, we got all of this press. We were not expecting at all. Like the Guardian put us in the top 15 uh, bookstores of the world. And we were like, that's what? incredible. <laughs> yeah. Like things like that were going on. And we were just like, holy shit. Wow. We're really onto something. And we had a few other stores open up that totally bit our style. But we were like that. You know what? That's fine. It's good. Mm-hmm. Um so that has been going on, and through the years, I took some time off and worked at the store. And you know, it's mainly the two of them that run it. But um, Trisha, the other, the other partner, and myself, um, we've always like collaborated with them and been a part of it and uh, funded it in the beginning. The wives supplied the bread makers supplied the money, and they let the boys go run off with their idea. <laughs> No, I think I'm so glad that you brought that up because people
1: always wonder how an entrepreneurial business starts. Because especially today, you hear mostly about Y Combinator tech companies that have rounds of investing when the truth is like 80% of small businesses are founded or started with someone's own money and there's no other financing. There is no loan. There is no Kickstarter. It's just you and whatever you have in your savings account, or if you don't, figuring it out with a credit card. But yeah. most people are fully self-funded. And there's also a mix of, for people who haven't been totally self-funded, like even Coco Chanel started Chanel because someone she was having an affair with gave her the money. <laughs> nice. so, like, so like, there's so many <laughs> of these businesses where it's like, you know, the husband or wife is contributing while the other one's working and like what that tag team mm-hmm. looks like. And usually it's the other way around. Usually the husband's working and he and like he's supporting financially this idea that his wife has. So I love yeah. that you guys are like, you were the, the funders, the financiers for their brainchild.
0: Yeah, we were. And um, this was before either family had kids. So we were both, you know, very s- same age, <clears throat> Same interests, two couples, two Daves, a Miranda <laughs> and a trish, and um, yeah, we were the breadwinners, and we completely funded the thing, and a lot of it, if not all of it, went onto a credit card mm-hmm. when we first started um we had like zero percent whatever on the card, so everything went on that card and it's it is incredibly easy to start your own business or store at least Wait, like I never even thought to like pursue it when I was whenever I would have an idea because I was oh my god it must be so hard you have to have all this money and Mm -hmm. you really don't um if you have like a good idea and it's like you're authentic to your idea like David had this idea and it was like very much his and what he wanted if you stick to that it's mm-hmm. it's really it's way easier than you think and he's like why why do I why did I go to college like I have this college debt I'm doing nothing with my major and I've always wanted to have my own story it, like all I had to do was just do it mm-hmm. yes
1: I I I
0: want to repeat
1: that you just have to do it like everyone listening you just have to do it like there's yeah. no other magic secret except that. Just start.
0: Yeah, just start. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say that the first year was easy. It was rough. But I mean, y- you know, we did it. The four of us figured it out. And it, 15 years later, it's, it's still going strong. Mm-hmm. Even during this quarantine, we're still, you know, we're still going. Yeah,
1: and and just like every other business, you're pivoting it to, so it still works. It still
0: functions. Yeah, we're you know doing everything online right now. Um, all of our customers are ordering their stuff online, and we make sure to ship it out mm-hmm. uh, same week. Yep. Yeah. Well, then when when you and David met,
1: did you ever think that you would become business partners in multiple
0: businesses? No, I mean. <laughs> this, so we met through the skateboard interest industry. Mm -hmm. Um, he, this is funny because we met through, uh, some PLM work, which is now what I'm doing again, I'm contracting, helping build a PLM system. But, um, he and I were like both the super users at this company and he worked in a different office. So I would have never met him. Um, but I was like, I don't know, you know, twenties being my badass self and he's in there and I was like, who's going to be your partner, Miranda? And I'm like, I'll take that guy. Cause he had like a really just his look on his face was kind of like what my look always is like, (laughs) and he always seemed grumpy and I'm like that guy. Yeah, sure. And um, that's how we met, but I was not interested in him at all. And about a year after we had met, he, he was emailing me and asked me, um on a date but I didn't realize that's what he was doing and I'm like wait are you flirting with me and he's like geez it's about time you noticed and I was like uh so I went on a date reluctantly I really didn't want to and all my friends are like he's such a nice guy and I'm like uh (laughs) because I only date mean bad boy like jerks Mm -hmm. and he's not one of them so I was (laughs) like ew I went on a few dates I was not interested and, um, that's so funny. Some, somehow he broke me down and it just clicked like a light, but, um, yeah, he tells everyone, Mike, my, my daughter, she's like, was it love at first sight? And he's like, not for your mother, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, I never thought that we would have our own. I never even thought I would be married, um, let alone have businesses with a man. I was very much like, I'm doing my thing. That's it. Um, yeah, but it's been great. He's very supportive and he is like not afraid to take chances. Like, mm-hmm. I never would have just taken that chance. I'm too much like practical. We have to make sure we're paying this bill and this bill. And he's very much like, let's just do it. Mm-hmm. So, we're very, we compliment each other very well in that way. Mm-hmm. What made you guys want to get into vacation rental properties? Um, mainly because we, so originally we were going to try to get a place in Palm Springs and it was because every year for Thanksgiving, we get together with our partners, Dave and Trish, and now our kids. And we have Thanksgiving, just us, the two families, every once in a while, someone else will join, but it's mainly we're the, we're the group. And every year we would go to Palm Springs and we're like, oh, I hate spending all this money. Like we should, we had some money um, from selling our first house and we wanted to do something with it. So we were like, we should invest in a rental because for one, if we won't have to pay to come here Mm -hmm. and we were going to Palm Springs, just the three of us a lot with our daughter. I go on girls trips there. And he's like, think of all the money we would save (laughs) if we had a place. And then also we could probably rent rent it out as well. So we're like, yeah. And then we started thinking about it as a vacation rental. And um, Palm Springs is so saturated. We were looking for a house to go have Thanksgiving with them. And Idlewild comes up in the search because they're in the same county. And I was like, oh, my God, I think I went there once for like sixth grade camp or something. I don't even know what this place is. Let's go check it out Mm because we couldn't find Palm Springs place. And we were like, this is a hidden gem. Holy shit! The housing was super cheap mm-hmm. compared to like anywhere else in LA, and um, we were like, "Let's let's try it out." Yeah, you know, the worst case, we have a place to go. The mortgage is cheap. It's so nice up here, you know. So we tried it out, and it's totally been working. And then we bought a second place um, like a year ago, and yeah, it's continuing to work for us and we go there a lot and we have our thanksgivings there now with with our family of Mm -hmm. trish and dave yeah it's awesome no i love it (laughs)
1: um and then i would also love to talk about the florida man game because Mm. we have one in our house we are playing it over (laughs) christmas and i we love games like i grew up in a game family where like a Saturday night as a family would involve game night or a movie night, so playing games is like what we do when we're together as a family. There's a lot of card games. it's very competitive. Yeah. Like my sister just won her first phase 10 ever on her birthday last weekend. she's so for 30 or 29 years she had never won until, oh like <laughs> a weekend ago. That's how competitive we are um So when that game came out, I was like, yes, a new game. Because once you learn one a couple of times, you're like, okay, like, we kind of know this is going to go. What's next? So where did that idea come from?
0: And like, just tell everyone about it. Okay. So this idea. So, okay. It was from kind of the same thing, game night. And I am not a game person at all. Um, And David, my husband, he is, and he's very competitive. That's mainly why I won't play games with him. (laughs) Because if we get on the same team, he's like rides my ass. And I'm like, we're not playing for money. Like, (laughs) can you chill? Uh, So I'm not a big game person. But he, so, you know, we're having Thanksgiving together with our friends. And David, he lived in Florida during his high school years. And Dave grew up in Florida, and that's actually where they met, was in Florida, and became lifelong friends. And so, uh, David has always been following, he gets like crazy alerts on his phone for everything. So, he had Florida in there, and he was talking about the whole Florida man thing before it was a thing, and he's always missed, he has tons of ideas just pouring out of him all the time. And maybe like 5% of them you could actually do something with. Mm-hmm. So he's like, what if we did this? What if we did that? But like the Florida man thing was kind of like, he's like, we have to do something with Florida man because he would, he'd bring it up when it's the four of us. Cause you know, two of them lived in Florida and he's like, can you believe this shit? And um, he's like, we have to do something. We have to do something like do this or that and then we decided one uh thanksgiving like we should make a game out of it like yes and so we were we came up with all these ideas for different types of board games over mm-hmm. that like four day vacation after the kids would go to bed and a lot of them started they were too complicated there were too many rules mm-hmm. and we narrowed it down to having it be what it is today and it's um basically like a uh, mad libs and you know, you take the actual headline of whatever this Florida person did, which is usually something insane, <clears throat> and you remove you know certain keywords, and you replace it with something that you draw, and it it becomes an. Ins- Sometimes it's not as crazy as the real headline, mm-hmm. but it's like tons of laughs ensue, and. Um, you One of the things that we liked when we um, did like a, tr- a test run and we had everything on paper before we decided whether or not this could be a thing, <clears throat> we played with another couple and um it was the three couples. We went for maybe four hours and we didn't even get through the deck because one of the things was, do we have enough cards? Mm-hmm. You know, th- is this playable? Like, is it fun? Whatever. And we got through four hours, didn't get through the deck laugh, like crying, my face hurt. <laughs> and it's like, are we even going to think this stuff's still funny? Because we've been talking about it for a year. And now it's kind of a thing where a bunch of people is it played out yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had such a good time. And the thing that I liked about it, and I don't like playing games, is that it sparked a lot of conversation. So you couldn't get through a hand without stopping and talking. And because it's an actual real headline, looking it up, looking at the person the mugshot and you're like oh my god and or like reading the rest of the story cuz it gets even more crazy mm-hmm. and then oh that reminds me of this person i knew like that's why it took 4 hours it was because of you know the conversations and it was just i didn't know these the the couple that came to play the game before we did it mm-hmm. and after it i was like these people are awesome yeah. you know it's like it was um it was fun and so we Talked about it for about a year, and you know, everyone had their day jobs, so we didn't have time to focus on it. Mm-hmm. And the four of us don't really get together that often because <clears throat> we moved to Long Beach and they still live in LA, so we really don't see each other as much as we used to. So every once in a while, we talk about it, and but once I got um laid off from my job, I was like, All right, it's time to do it, let's do it, and we we had the game made pretty quickly. And so we were trying to release it on Thanksgiving and it was a year from, you know, the time where we first came up with the concept. So it took about a year mm-hmm. to get it done. And um, yeah, that was this past Thanksgiving. No, it's-, and it's fun. Yeah, but we, same thing where we got all this weird press, not weird, but awesome press that we were not expecting. <clears throat> we did a Kickstarter. Mm-hmm um because we had learned through the store um y- if you can you should try not to use your own money yeah <laughs> so we're like let's try that first um so yeah we did a kickstarter and we hit our goal and everything went great and um so after we launched the kickstarter we were my husband was like looking for alerts on his phone for like florida man what's going on with florida man And there was one about a card game. And of course, the first thing that I think is, oh my God, somebody beat us to it. Yep. Because we had like all of these ideas. We've had a ton of ideas. And then it comes out and we're like, God damn it. You know, we didn't act quick enough. Mm -hmm. And I like look at David and I think he was thinking the same thing. I was like, someone else, what? Shit. And then we hit the link and it's um, a newscaster in Miami talking about our Kickstarter on the news. So random. And I was like, how did, what? <laughs> so we had a few different um, news, news uh, stations pick it up just through like probably their searches and things that they are looking for uh, to report on. But it was cool. <laughs> we got all this press that we were not expecting.
1: Are most of your sales from Florida or from outside of Florida?
0: No, I wouldn't say that most of them were, but um, we do, we do have some Mm -hmm. for sure, but it's pretty spread out. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's fun. Good. I'm glad you like it. Yeah. Yeah. We were super, like when we shipped it out, um, finally, we had been talking about it and like making the card. like I did all the layout, the art layout. So I looked at the cards over and over and over. And I'm like, this isn't funny. (laughs) This isn't isn't funny to me. people are not going to, are people going to like this game now? Like Florida man's kind of played out by this point because it's become a thing now. Like we should have done it sooner. And I was very negative. And so once it shipped, I'm like, oh, I hope people have as much fun as we did. Um, So yeah, I'm always asking for feedback, but I haven't, a lot of the people that bought the game are just like, people that we don't know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, we just did, um, or we are doing, we're, we're running a campaign for, um, we're discounting the game because of quarantine. And mm-hmm. we want people to be able to buy copies and send them to their friends and have a game night with their friends. Oh, I like that. <clears throat> buy one, yeah, buy so one send one. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so yeah, we're offering like a deep rad discount. We also have Florida Woman. Which, Yeah. So when we first were like, okay, let's get this game done and out, we had so much content. And we realized after we played it, like we have enough for two other um, expansion packs. And I'm like, we have enough Florida women's stuff for a Florida woman game. So we made all of those at the same time. And we didn't really push Florida woman at all. So, But people have been buying it. So, yeah, all of our games right now are 25% off with a later Gator um, discount code for the remainder of the quarantine. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, so we talked about after this, we want to figure out a way to have a Zoom, maybe some sort of contest where you get to play with the creators of the game. Yeah. Um, So we're trying to figure out the how that's going to work and how we want to do it. But we definitely want to play with some of the people that we don't know that have gotten the game. Cause we've played with friends and I want to play with some strangers. It's like <laughs> the, the esports the of Florida, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I love yeah, it. So it's definitely on our list to do and mm-hmm. have a game night with some of the people that have um, gotten the game.
1: From us. Yes. And then I, and then I just want to, whether I play or not, I just want to watch that happen. That would be yeah, so entertaining. Sure. <laughs> what what has been the biggest changes for you with the quarantine? I mean, of course, you've discounted your game, but like you have mm-hmm. a brick and mortar store, you have two vacation rental properties, you have this game that is accessible during quarantine. You also have your consulting job, and you have a uh, eight year old daughter, eight, yeah, yeah. and um, like. How is all of that happening? Like, how can you be a multipreneur and now a teacher and now like pivoting your whole life?
0: I like the timing because it, I was actually going through like kind of like self assessment because I was juggling so many things at once and um, trying to figure out what to focus on. So, you know, I've been reading these books, I've been listening to podcasts, and I've been going to like meetings and seminars, like powerful ladies stuff to really, yeah. And so for me, it was kind of like, I was already trying to pause and figure out my priorities. And this kind of forced me to do it because I couldn't go out and still have my social life, Mm -hmm. you know, which was that time. Now I am using to really kind of organize my thoughts and my projects, and get that going. So, it's not like a it's not a huge change for me. Other than my daughter not being able to go out and me not being able to go out, but um, it's been I'm kind of thankful for it for sure because it has helped me reassess and what my priorities are mm-hmm. and what I want to do. But um, yeah, as far as the juggling, I really I have to. Each week, I reset my priorities because there's so much going on. Mm -hmm. So I stop each week, like tonight, I'll do it and map out next week and be like, what is important for me to focus on next week instead of like setting the goals too far? Like, what do I want to accomplish this year or with my life? It's like week by week. And sometimes Mm -hmm. something goes wrong during or happens during the week where I even midweek change my focus and my priorities. Mm -hmm that's how I've been dealing with it. Yeah.
1: No, I totally relate to that. And it's a different level of like exhaustion, I think also, because we were talking at an a earlier recorded podcast about how much we've had to learn in the past four weeks. It's probably the same amount we've learned in the past four years as adults, because we're learning new technologies and new processes, or how do we connect this, this, this. And I think it's great that we're we're definitely maxing the capacity of our brains right now, which yeah. sometimes as an adult can feel underutilized. Um, but it's it's tiring because we constantly have to keep moving our our operations and our processes and we don't get to actually do the work a lot. It's, yeah. oh, I was going to do A, B, and C, but now I have to do like A, Z, X. Like it all gets jumbled and, you know, like even... How much time I've spent in calendars for other companies? like I mm-hmm. it's the same like stress for my own calendar right now where I'm like, oh, like okay, if that moves, everything else is a shift eight times and yeah, trying to launch things as soon as possible. But then, like, okay, well, do we launch it now and sacrifice a true like marketing launch just to get it out because we know people need it. Like how do you make those choices? And so, I've been forcing my team to have a lot more like (laughs) huddles because I feel like the only thing I don't want to do is risk making changes in a vacuum too fast. So like, what is it like for you and your, all of your business partners? Like, are you guys talking a lot more than you normally
0: would? Yeah, we are for sure. Um, we like a lot more than we normally would because we would maybe like once every 3 or 4 months we would have a dinner where we would talk about things now we have a weekly meeting mm-hmm. where we all get on zoom and figure out what we're doing for that week yeah so yeah it's a lot more and that besides for like my businesses i've also been doing that on a personal level because i'm trying to like you know I'm doing a lot of like self-help reading and activities and stuff. So mm-hmm. I have, I have to set weekly touch base with like friends of mine. Yeah, because they're they're they make sure that I am like following what I'm supposed to be doing. Um. Yeah. So there's a lot more meetings and huddles with other people, and not just trying to do everything by myself.
1: Yeah. <laughs> which which I think is a great segue into talking about how influential other women have been in your life. Because I know that you have such an amazing group of girlfriends. You guys are really committed to keeping that re- those relationships going no matter what else is happening. Like, tell us about that and, like, how that started and even what it's been like over the ages.
0: So for me, um my friendships have been very important because I I did not have a good home life uh, when I was younger. I didn't have like a very strong or even a family unit at all. So um, the first, my first true friends that I met were in middle school when I was twelve, and I'm still friends with them today. And they, my friendships. Um, for me are that family unit that I didn't have. So it's very important, like how families will get together every year for holidays. Like I have to get together with this, with these group of women every year, at least once a year. And, you know, we all live in different places now, some are in different countries, different cities. Um, So they've been my support system. Um, I mean, everything that a family member should be, that's what my group of girlfriends have been to me. Mm-hmm. Um, we totally support each other, and they're they're just my family. Yeah. And um, yeah, so every year we get together and we have a little girls trip, and me and one of my best friend, my BFF, she's also a coach, she's awesome, mm-hmm. um, her and I were like, okay, we're planning these trips, and we're crazy like planners. And so we would have like an agenda. We have foodie <laughs> bags. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd find the place. We wouldn't let anyone see pictures or know about it because we wanted it to be this surprise and experience. And it's been um, our first year that we did it was actually the the first year we opened the comic book store. So we've been doing it for fifteen years mm-hmm. with the same core group and there've been like people that have floated in and out, but it's always been like the same core group of about seven of us. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's just, they they just have given me support and been like, they're the ones that I go to when I need to get advice or just, yeah, they're my family. I love it.
1: <laughs> if you, um, Next time you're planning your event, go check out sprinkledwithpinkshop.com. They do all custom stuff for girl weekends. So, yeah. lots of fun things for your next goodie that bags. Okay, be
0: good. Because mm-hmm. we, yeah, we do custom stuff mm-hmm. too. Like, mm-hmm. we there's always a t shirt, yeah. at least. Um, yeah, it depends on what we're feeling that year. But mm-hmm. yeah, they've been ridiculous. Ridiculous, the goodie bags. It's like going to but- girls' camp. Yeah, <laughs> so fun. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I'm working on right now that's in early development is with two of the the girls in my girl crew and where um, we decided through, I actually got inspiration on one of your uh, weekly. How to sell and, what you know? Um, Maybe it, it might have been that, mm-hmm. yeah. And I don't know if it was a comment you made or one of the other women made, but I started thinking of something and I'm like, oh my God, I have to call Trish after this because <laughs> I just have this idea. And um, so her and I talked to our other friend and we are working on something where we're going to, it's going to be workshops mm-hmm. in the form of a retreat. Love it. And um, it's basically like a women not not only women, but what we were, it was funny because I was like, I have this idea. And Trish is like, oh my God, I've been thinking about that too. And then Summer was like, are you fucking kidding me? Were, did I say this out loud to you? Because I'm thinking of that too. And I was like, what? No. Yay. <laughs> so, you know, we were talking about it and we all had the same similar idea of, you know, for women around our age mm-hmm. that are going through not a midlife crisis, but like a midlife metamorphosis where you're like, okay, I've been doing this and doing this for my family and my career and, you know, whatever. And now I want to figure out what my, I want to go in a direction that's more intentional yes, and figure out what it is that, what that is. And so, um, that's that's our we're in super early stages we've only had two meetings about it so far no
1: i love it i love that you guys were all synergistically having the same idea i love that you got inspired from powerful ladies event and i love yeah. that it's like i hear when you're talking about it like you really see what you can provide for people like yeah if, if more people were doing work that was there in their love language space like you guys were planning these events for 15 years for no profit, mm-hmm. just because you wanted yeah. to, and you probably put more work into those projects than you did other things. Yes, like <laughs> it's that's where I think people get shy about like leaning in on like lean in on what you do, even if you're not getting paid. Yeah, because there's a way to there's always a way to get paid for it.
0: Yeah, that's always been my issue, mm-hmm. and um, we're all well we we're all very different. So we have different like perspectives and stuff. And uh, yeah, Summer, who's also a coach, she's very similar to you. And she was like, this could totally be a thing. Like people want to do this. Yeah. It's not just you that thinks it's cool. And I'm like, Oh yeah, you know what? You're probably right. Like I would totally do that. I would totally mm-hmm. pay to go to one of these retreats. It sounds awesome. Yeah. So that's, that's my day. My next, big
1: project I love it I'm super excited on well I'm excited to get to promote it once it's ready to go
0: yeah I'm definitely gonna let you know Mm -hmm. and I want you to be one of the test people yes because we're we talked about how we're gonna have like a test test run and very uh, p- specific people that we want to come to get feedback from, so you're on the list. I am okay. so excited! You just made my Sunday. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, when you hear the name "powerful ladies," like what does that mean to you? What do those words mean to you individually? Like, what is
0: it? Where does it take you? So, to me, when I think of powerful ladies, um, I don't, I don't necessarily have like one person in mind where it's like that's who i aspire to be to me a powerful lady is someone who has been successful like despite the fact that she's a woman mm-hmm. because that is very hard in this society and um you know there's also a lot of women out there who have let led very tough hard lives and they have like come out of it and just like flourished. And to me, that's, that's the kind of person that I aspire to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the kind of women that I think are powerful and especially ones that, you know, want that help other people, other women grow and don't see them as um, competition. Mm-hmm. Like that's like total powerful lady
1: to me. Yeah. And how does it feel when you get to be called a powerful lady?
0: It's kind of like I'm my own worst enemy. And that's something that I'm working on is to stop being so negative. Um, But I don't see myself as one for sure. But when someone says that, it's like huge compliment. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, huge. Yeah. And that's, I'm trying to, even though I may not believe that I'm a powerful woman, I'm trying to put out there that I am because I want my daughter to, grow into a little powerful lady herself. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's already pretty badass. I know she's crazy. She's very, she's very badass. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, in all the right ways, she's compassionate, but she also, she doesn't take any shit. Um, she's great. Artistic, lovable, shit talker.
1: (laughs) (laughs) One of the most, um, like, things that have stuck with me that you've said is when you are talking about your daughter is that you just wish you had her earlier because she's so awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so w- David and I, we've been married for 17 years. And when we first got married, we were like, we don't want kids for sure. Don't want kids. So we had been married for quite sometime before we decided we wanted to try and then it took a while to be able to have her and he was very much I was kind of like I I don't care if I have a child or not and he was very much like I do not want kids (laughs) and when I decided that I wanted to try he was like um I'll do whatever you want to do but he didn't really feel like this is something I want, mm-hmm. but if you want it, I'll go along with it and hope it works out. So, um, yeah, once we had her, we were both kind of like, she's awesome. And yeah, the only regret we have is that we didn't do it sooner because we want to be able to spend more of our life with her yeah. than we currently are. Um, yeah, it's, I, I do have some friends that don't have children and they don't want to have children, which is fine. It's not for everyone, but it's definitely, um, it's just, you don't know until you have one what you've been missing. Yeah.
1: Especially. It's crazy. Especially for such a awesome kid like Sloan.
0: Yeah. She's awesome. She's funny. She immediately had her own personality. Mm-hmm. Like you think everything is inherited or whatever, but she's like very much her own person, which is, is fun to watch, to see. Like I still, I how are you going to turn out? Like I have no idea. Mm-hmm. No idea what she's going to turn into. Um, yeah, it's it's fun every day to see. I mean, she's now, she's eight, and I swear to God, she's like a teenager. mm mm-hmm. Because she has so many opinions and like that are of her own, like not one that she's getting from me or David. And mm-hmm. um, it's cool.
1: <laughs> I feel like you could almost do an entire book just of things Sloane has said.
0: Oh, I know. She asked me the other day what her first word was. And I was like, oh, like I, I can't find. I had a little like baby diary mm-hmm. thing and it's it's locked away and then i remembered that it was it wasn't um, a word it was a phrase and it was here you go <laughs> here you go from like whenever she would like be crying or da 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 i'd be like here here you go here you go so and she, i was like oh i totally remember because she would be in her crib like crying or wanting to get out or whatever and she'd be crying here you go <laughs> here you go <laughs> And I'm like, what? What did you just say? Here you
1: go. <laughs> Oh, I remember laughing so hard at stories you would tell at work or whatever she had done that, you know, night before that weekend. But yeah, I mean that's one of my biggest motivators for wanting to have kids is just wanting to see what comes out of their mouths. Like yeah. pure entertainment.
0: The other day. So yeah, things have gotten, you know, we're in quarantine and she's here all the time and she's very feisty. Um, and her and my husband they are they're like siblings, and she's like the older one that bullies him <laughs> um it's crazy, like they just argue like kids, but only one of them's a kid, and so she said something she was like in the bathroom, supposed to be brushing her teeth, like that's when we get the most um shit from her is when it's bedtime, mm-hmm. and so I was in a, the living room. He was in the kitchen. She was brushing her teeth, and she was saying she was talking back, saying something. And I don't know exactly what she said. And he goes, "What did you just call me a dickhead?" <laughs> and she <laughs> and she's like, "No, I didn't call you a dickhead, you dickhead." And I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" And I start cracking up in the other room. I would too. Even know what it? Yeah. And he's he kind of started laughing too, but then now she that word is in her vocabulary and I'm like it's okay if you say that here once you go back to school you can't say that yeah
1: that'll get you in a lot of trouble
0: yeah (laughs) but she it has come out a couple times during the quarantine oh my goodness she still doesn't know what it means she just knows it means like you're a jerk Uh uh-huh stop being a dickhead and I'm like ah nope don't say that (laughs)
1: I can only imagine how much, how many other families are going through similar situations right now. Like I, I yeah. cause I'm sure also as a parent, like at your capacity for parenting with like, you just don't have any more space in your brain to like handle things. Yeah. You're like, well, not going to parent that right now. Just let that slide.
0: Oh yeah. There's lots of things <laughs> sliding right now. Really? Do you want ice cream for breakfast? Yeah. I don't care. Just fine. Just stop talking, please, for like two minutes. Can you stop talking? (laughs) Yeah, it's been great. She, uh, I think one of the funniest things she said, man, she must have been uh, three at the time. And I was like, you know, it was bedtime and I had read her a story and, you know, she wanted to stay up and wanted me to stay in the room. And I'm like, no, it's, you know, I read you a story. It's time for you to go to sleep. Well, I want you to snuggle. I'm like, I can't, you know, cause I had to finish up some work or whatever. And she's like, can you have dad come in here? And I was like, yeah, sure. And she's like, I'm going to ask dad if he'll um, give me or should, no. She's like, have him give me a kiss. goodnight." And I was like, okay. Cause you have to go to sleep. Okay. Okay. So he goes in there and I hear them kind of talking and he doesn't come out and I look and he's reading her a book. Like she got him to read a book. Mm-hmm. And I go, what's going on in here? And, and he was like laughing. And he's like, do you know what she said to me? And I go, what? He goes, well, she's being all cute. And I got in here to say goodnight. She's, daddy, will you read me a book? And he's like, oh, no, it's bedtime. Daddy, please, will you read me a book? And he's like, all right, what book do you want? And she goes, sucker. <laughs> 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 she
1: already knew. She already knew how to manipulate the situation. Yeah. Age three.
0: Yeah. Sucker like, how do you know what a sucker is? Mm -hmm. You just called your dad a sucker, and he is. He's a sucker. He still does that, too. Still. Mm. Sucker. Sometimes it's a sucker. Sometimes it's called love.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, When, you know, I think that eight eight is such a pivotal age, and I reference it a lot for being, like, if I can make eight-year-old me happy, I feel like I'm winning at life. Because you're in that Mm. zone of, like, being like developed enough to to have ideas of like what life is like as a grown up or what you want to do or being able to manage your own kind of projects, but you're also still in that space where anything is possible. Like logic, it only half applies. And it's actually more fun if it's more ridiculous. Mm-hmm. When you look back at, you know, put yourself in eight-year-old Miranda's shoes, would she expect you to have had the career you've had and to be where you're at now?
0: Definitely not. Definitely not. Um, when I was eight, I was actually like, it was not a pretty picture. I was like, I have a very rough childhood. So at eight, I think was, I had, um, like physical abuse, mental, um, and just like no one, like my mother never being there. Mm -hmm. So, for me, I remember I was trying, like Sloan was asking me, what did you want to be when you were my age? Yeah. And I was like, oh. so I had to think back, what did I, what did I want to be? And I realized that at her age, all that I wanted was to be an adult so that I could live on my own and take care of myself and not have to depend on anyone else. But beyond that, I didn't have any aspirations of, like, being my own boss or having a family because I just didn't think that that was possible and, like, people don't get to do that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I definitely, I think the eight-year-old me would be like, whoa, you did all that? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Well,
1: and I think even, like, you know, how you talked about what you at eight was really like, I think just even... Like how much hope would she have had knowing how much fun you're gonna have?
0: Yeah, so much. Mm-hmm. So much.
1: Yeah. It's a. It's just it's wild, right? It's it's wild what everyone's backstory is and where everyone keeps going and, you know, how. Besides, you know, you're definitely independent, right? Check that box. Yeah, you're definitely an adult. Check. <laughs>
0: when, <laughs> yeah.
1: When you when you look back at what what else like the things you see in yourself that, you know, came from that tough girl, like w- what else can you give yourself credit for?
0: Um, well, I, th- man, I think that, you know, being in the situation that I was in as a child, it made me very um, like, empathetic and sensitive to other people. Mm -hmm. And um, whether or not I wanted to, I was always the caregiver from like a very, very young age. Mm -hmm. I was the one taking care of everything. And um, I think that that's made me like a very compassionate person. And i always feel the need to want to like take care of people and make things better for them, which for me has been, you know, maybe the only positive thing that came from my childhood. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I would probably say that. And also to always be hyper aware of money (laughs) Mm -hmm. because we grew up or I grew up very, very poor and I was probably from the age of four I knew what a bill was and I knew how important it was to pay them and that you needed money. Mm -hmm. So yeah, probably that as well. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think it's, you know,
1: who I know that who you are for me and like what a powerful lady you are and that like, I know whenever we're hanging out, I'm going to be laughing. I'm going to be having fun. (laughs) And I love that we get to, like there's few people that you cross paths with that you can, do like a lot of great work with and have fun the whole time because some people it's like it's just work it's work it's work but I always felt with you like if we were on a project together I was like yes because (laughs) I knew that you would bring everything to the table I knew that I would and I knew that it would be way easier and more fun than like how a lot of other people would show up to do work so yeah I think that you have done an amazing job so eight-year-old you is definitely (laughs) proud
0: thank you mm-hmm. yeah i um yeah the the sense of humor thing yeah I, I didn't think of that but i for me it was like a coping mechanism mm-hmm. or like you know some sort of defense mechanism where it's like just make a joke out of it and you know you just got to laugh at somehow mm-hmm. it if you're laughing even in times of despair it will change your mood so for me i would always make try to like make a joke out of things. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's like I hide behind it, but it's just like part of who I am now. I'm just always cracking jokes. Yes, yes.
1: <laughs> um, when you look at, in addition to your really strong group of girlfriends, who are other women that have like been mentors or inspirations to you along the way? Um,
0: I would have to say... I have there's one one woman in my life who she's she's not a family member but um I've known her for most of my life because she was a a family friend mm-hmm. and she's she's always been kind of like my stand-in mother like uh she's always supported me throughout the years and we can go like several years without talking and you know, when I see her, she's just like, she's the best. And she's, she's very much like I I learned later in life, like once we became once I was older, and I was talking about like real life things with her that she also had like, um, a background of abuse and all these things. And I couldn't believe that like, she was as strong as she was. And you know, she's she um she's always making a difference in her community like she goes and she she writes bills for congress and she does all this lobbying and like she fights for for people and um yeah for me i feel really fortunate to have her in my life Mm -hmm. and she's a great role model
1: that's awesome yeah um we ask everyone on the show where you put yourself on the powerful lady scale Zero being average everyday human and 10 being super powerful lady. Where do you put yourself today and where would you put yourself on average?
0: Oh, let's see. So zero is what? Uh, Just a regular, regular, ordinary human. Regular regular human. Mm -hmm. I would say, I would say I'm probably a four right now. I'm about a four. Um, and that's because I am, I am working, I'm working on it. And I definitely know that, um, there are better things to come. Mm -hmm. So I know that it's, I'm going to definitely go up the scale of the powerful lady scale for sure. I love it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I personally am so excited for where you're at right now. I like just you having uh, the freedom to do with what you want with your time that moves what you want forward. Like, cause you've worked so hard for other people's visions and what was coming and yeah. for how creative and smart and resourceful and just all the things that you bring to the table for you to actually use those for what you want to do now. I'm like, Oh, so, like think about what you've already created when you were doing it as a side hustle. And I'm like, I cannot wait for what you're coming up with because it's going to be awesome. And yeah, like whatever you need, you let me know because I am totally on team Miranda.
0: Awesome. Thank you. (laughs) No, it's, it's exciting for sure. I need to like, I need to stay in like the positive zone Mm -hmm. um, because I'm, I'm far too practical. That's just like how my life has been. And I'm trying to get out of that box. Um, but yeah, I'm like, even if I feel if I'm fighting myself being like, this doesn't make sense. This isn't like, no, I'm just like I'm doing it anyways, mm-hmm. I'm doing it mm-hmm. like, shut up. We're doing this. <laughs> just get in the car. <laughs> yeah. Shut up. Get in the car. Mm-hmm.
1: What do you do to get yourself into that mindset? Like, is there music you play? You talked about calling people. Like, what can you do in the moment when you're like, all right, we need to turn this around and let's go.
0: Well, I'm, so definitely music. Music has always been my um, escape. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, when I have to get into like a positive, good mood, I'm like, okay, 80s, new wave. You cannot get mad when that music (laughs) is playing. (laughs) Or like if I'm like, that's if like, okay, I need to get amped. Let's do, we're doing this. Yes. 80s, new wave. Um, if I need to just chill out because I'm stressed, mm-hmm. then I'm going to listen to some yacht rock for sure. But the music, yeah, music helps. That sets the tone. And then I'm reading a couple of different books right now. Mm-hmm. And um, one of them is What to Say When You Talk to Yourself. Ooh, It's awesome. It's by Shad Helmstetter. And he's like a you know, psychologist. And It's how to um, stop the negative Mm self-talk and it's how to like reprogram your subconscious to uh, be more positive. So I'm almost done with that book. And then I'm also at the same time, I'm reading Tiny Habits and um, going through those exercises as well Mm -hmm. to try to like stop the negativity. So, you know, some of the exercises are wake up every day. And uh, started off with a positive affirmation, and so the one that I'm going with is today's gonna be a great day. Ooh, I like that. And even if you he says, um, oh my gosh, who's the writer for Tiny Habits? I totally forgot his name. BJ, B. let me pull it up right now.
1: Fog oh, okay, BJ Fog. There you go.
0: So I listened to one of his TED Talks and um, before I started reading the book, and he was talking about the tiny step or the tiny habit was um, wake up every morning and say, today's going to be a great day. And even if you're going through times of like whatever, like yeah. you know, someone in your family died, like it's just very, very dire, then you say today is going to be a great day somehow. hmm And so I'm like, I'm going to start doing that. And sometimes I forget to, if I'm rushing to do something, I forget to say it. So I wrote it on a post-it and stuck it to the wall next to my nightstand. So it'd be the first thing I saw. And, um, it totally helps. And I say it, you say it audibly. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, there's more impact. So my husband heard me and he's like, what, what, what'd you say? And I'm like, I said, today's going to be a great day. And he's like, okay. And it has like When you say it out loud, Mm -hmm. the people in this house have been like, it changed their mood too. Like I walked out of my office one day and the two of them were like (laughs) arguing and I go, hey, you guys. And they like stop and look at me both like pissed. And I'm like, today's going to be a great day. And they're kind of like, what's up with her? But (laughs) it like changed, it changed their mood. And the next time I came out of my office, they were like normal, having a good day. So now the three of us always say it throughout the day. Today's going to be a great day. I love that. <laughs> yeah. It's true, right? Like it really can be. Yeah, it's there's so much that subconsciously you you can really drive yourself down mm-hmm. and and a lot of times you don't even know that you're having these negative thoughts because it's in your subconscious. Mm-hmm. So you have to retrain yourself with like You know, the goofy new age daily affirmations. Like, that's another thing I'm doing every morning when I wake up. I listen to 15 minutes of like a day of I am great, you know, that kind of stuff. And um, the author was saying that even if you're not paying attention or like actively paying attention to everything they're saying, Mm -hmm. your subconscious is hearing that. And it's your subconscious believes what it hears. So when it's hearing, I am successful, I am happy, you know, I am great. If they hear, if your subconscious hears it enough, it believes that to be true. Mm-hmm. And those are the messages you're sending yourself. And then, you know, once the negativity is gone, it opens up all these doors that we're holding you back. So I'm trying to deprogram myself right now. <laughs> I
1: love it. I love it. Yeah. Jesse and I have a, a uh, pretty consistent habit. It's not daily because th- life happens, but we're pretty consistent in asking each other, like, what we're creating that day. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like, who are you going to be today? Or if, like, you know, you have a big meeting, like, I'm going to win that meeting, I'm going to do this. And it helps not only because you get to declare it out loud, like, to the same habits that you're talking about, but now I know, like, what game he's playing today. So I get to, like, follow up and be like, yeah. how would that meeting go? Otherwise, I wouldn't even know he'd have a meeting that mattered. Yeah, because it's so much of work. We don't does not crossover. Uh, I think my favorite thing about maybe not my favorite thing, but one of the things I really enjoy about being an entrepreneur is that the crossover happens more fluidly. Like life work, like what are all the intentions get to like line up and like be going in the same direction versus opposite.
0: Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is true. I've, I've, I've been trying to be more, um, present, mm-hmm. like when David is talking, because <laughs> before I would be like, come home from work, just like so drained. And he would start talking to me about something and I would just be like, Boop. yeah, turning off my brain now. I'm not listening to you anymore, <laughs> yeah. but being here and like working from home and he works from home. Now I like understand a lot more of what he's doing and mm-hmm. I've been able to help him with some of his businesses because I'm actually listening to what his issues are and I there's a lot of experience I have where yeah. this whole time I could have been helping him but I was just like, you know, you do your thing, I'm doing mine. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, being in quarantine has actually helped our helped us like come together. Like we're not driving each other crazy. We're kind of like learning New things about each other,
1: which is awesome. Help,
0: yeah, and helping each other out. Like I was thinking, he's gonna laugh when he sees this book I'm reading, just because you know the cover of it. What to say when you're talking to yourself, you know? Uh um But yeah, he's not at all. Like he's like, "That's great. What it? What does it say? Like, oh, I'm gonna do that too. I'm like, really? Thought you were gonna like laugh at me. (laughs) He's like, no." I have your back. Let's do it. And I'm like, okay, great. Well, that makes my heart <laughs> warm. Yeah.
1: No, it's like, it,
0: you guys are a great team. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, he's super supportive. Like in, it took me a while to, even though he was my husband and I loved him, I have these walls, you know, and my girls were, my girlfriends were the only ones that I felt like I could talk to or rely on or depend on. Mm-hmm. And I've slowly learned over our 17, 20 years together that he's like one of my girlfriends. Like he also has my back Yeah, and I can depend on him and rely on him. Yeah.
1: And how awesome is that for like Sloan to see? Like not only does she get badass you know professional parents and business minded entrepreneurial parents because she gets parents that are actually a team. Yeah.
0: I know and I don't know what that is like at all. Mm-hmm. So it's it's got to be good for her. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I've I've heard that that's good. So
1: <laughs> Yeah. What else would you like to share with everyone listening today before
0: we wrap up? Um well, let's see. If they uh like comics or graphic novels. Um, they should go to thesecretheadquarters.com because we're we're still ordering books for people and we're shipping them out. Um, it, it's, it takes your mind off of the politics of what's going on. There's so many different graphic novels out there that don't have to do with superheroes, mm-hmm. um, which is my personal um, kind of lane that I take with comics. It's all of the... Non superhero, kind of like just normal people in graphic form, it's fun. So, there's that. Check out the Florida Mad Card Game.com. We're doing that promotion for quarantine. Mm-hmm. Um, have some fun times with your friends, play some Zoom games, play with us as soon as we figure out uh when we can all get together and do the Zoom game, and also. Uh, raccoon party, Idlewild. That is our Instagram for our vacation homes in Idlewild. Um, If people want to check it out and if they want to go on Airbnb and book it, they can mention powerful ladies and we'll give them a discount. Ooh,
1: fancy. Yes. I think this has been so incredible. Thank you for being just so like honest and authentic and like really telling your story because It's so important, right? People need to know that just like you didn't think it was possible to have everything that you have, that they can, and yeah, that you've been like this career boss lady, and now you're pivoting again. And like, there's so much fun in that. Like, what is it to lean in on learning and the curiosity and recreating it? Like, that gets me excited. That's where I get to nerd out. Um,
0: Yeah, I think it's important for people to know that you're not stuck in what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, you weren't meant to only do this one thing. Like you can, you can branch out, you can reinvent yourself at any age, Mm -hmm. you know, you didn't miss the boat because you're whatever, 30 and, you know, you're stuck doing whatever it is you're doing. Like It's any, and you can change at any time Mm -hmm. and it's never too late as long as you're still breathing and (laughs) able to, you know, make things happen. It's, it's never too late to change your course. Yeah. And like, and have fun with
1: it, right? Like, yeah, if you don't have fun with what you're doing, change, don't know where to start, ask for help. That's what Powerful Ladies is for.
0: (laughs) I know. Get into it. Look into it.
1: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Well, this has been awesome. This has been I, honestly just fun. And I, we could do this for hours. Um, so I hope that we get to have you on again. And yeah, I just look forward to everyone checking out your game and what's next. And I'm excited for this magical retreat that's coming up.
0: I know. Me too. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you.
1: Miranda is strong, resilient, and smart. I love that each new business that she or her husband comes up with all start with, wouldn't it be fun if? And I love that they've solved problems for their own life. The comic book store they dreamed of, the game they wanted, the vacation that they imagined. Miranda's portfolio of businesses show that businesses don't need to start from a place of business plans and spreadsheets, but from imagination, creativity, and problem solving. What problems do you wanna solve? What would make your life better? Also within her story, I hear the transition from her passive, steady response of okay, to opportunities in life, which is the quieter, more systematic and skeptical version of let's do this, to becoming a more bold yes. It's the reality she's created with love, success and family taking up more and more space in her heart and mind from the past that told her to expect so little. And what a beautiful transition that is for such a beautiful human. To connect, support, and follow Miranda as well as her businesses, you can go on Instagram and follow at the Florida Man Card Game, at the SHQ for the Secret Headquarters comic Book Store, and at Raccoon Party Idlewild for all of her rental properties. You can also visit their websites, floridamancardgame.com, thesecretheadquarters.com, Really exciting for everyone listening. If you would like to buy your own version of the Florida man card game or the, the Florida woman card game, you can get 25% off your purchase right now if you use code later Gator. Also, if you are looking to check out her amazing rental properties for your next incredible vacation, you can get 20% off your stay by mentioning powerful ladies in your request on Airbnb for both Raccoon Ridge or Raccoon Rock, her two properties. I hope you've enjoyed this new episode of the Powerful Ladies podcast. If you're a yes to Powerful Ladies and want to support us, you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. Make sure to give us a five-star rating and leave a powerful review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you're following us on Instagram, at Powerful Ladies. Be sure to also subscribe to our YouTube page. Of course, visit our website, thepowerfulladies.com, and make sure you sign up for our newsletter. We do not send out a lot, but when we do, it's all about new options for courses, activities, and things that we're creating just for you. And most exciting, you can now become a member of the Powerful Ladies Thrive Collective, our online membership community. This is where you get to turbo boost your business, your business idea, your side hustle, and your career. Each month we go through new topics so you get to learn a new skill every month. And we're gonna make sure that you have more clarity, confidence, tools and resources at your side so that you can be the most powerful lady you can. You can be your most powerful lady. You can sign up for the Thrive Collective at thepowerfulladies.com. I'd like to thank our producer and audio engineer, Jordan Duffy. Without her, this wouldn't be possible. You can follow her on Instagram at jordankduffy. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then, I hope you're taking on being powerful in your life. Go be awesome and up to something you love.